Well, there was a pretty awesome gravel race this weekend, guys. And I'm not talking about the 40 Arpent Canal gravel race down in Chalmette, Louisiana. Strata Bianchi. <laughs> oh, that would have been good. Yeah. I'm talking about, yeah, the Strata. Is it Bianchi? Like the bike? Strata Bianchi? No. no. It's plural. Strata Bian- Bianchi. Strata Bianchi. You know what I named my ride on Saturday was Strava Bianchi. Yeah, you named your ride Strava Bianchi. Mm. And I thought because this this new race, 10, 11 years old, pretty awesome. A lot mm. of people want to call it a classic. I mean, a monument. Um, what's more, more monumental? More of that later. What's more monumental than Beyonce? Good point. So Strava Beyonce. Well, good evening, and welcome to episode 76 of the Yeah, You Ride podcast. This is the Bodie Bodie. Hey there, Bodie. This is the T-Bone. And this is Sachiria. Well, folks, we had an amazing, there was an amazing race this weekend. And I'm not going to repeat myself. Two awesome gravel races this weekend. One on Saturday, one on Sunday. We're going to get to the Sunday gravel race later. But mm. let's just dive right into Strava Beyonce. The fifth monument. Wait, there's already five the, monuments. There'd be the sixth monument. Son of a monkey. Okay. <laughs> All right. So you're calling it the sixth monument. Strava Beyonce is the sixth monument. Yep. I mean, Wout wants, thinks it should be a monument. Mm-hmm. I'm all in on Team Wout. So what do you guys think? Monument status achieved? Is it unlocked? I, I've already... I've already I, w- I think I proposed this earlier on. You did. I think last year or even. Maybe yeah, even you were early, early to the party on this. Very one, early to the party on this. And I honestly believe that this has all the makings of a monument. Probably needs to be a little bit longer to make it monumental. Well, it's interesting because I was thinking of it and I was breaking it down that same way that, that you started to, Matt, which is what are the elements that, that maketh a monument, and mm. what is it that Strata Bianchi has that that uh, that give it that status? I'll throw it out first. You know, all of these monuments uh, have there, there's a certain feature to the parkour, right there, the cobbles, the cobbled mm-hmm. climbs. Well, Strata Bianchi has the the white crushed gravel roads. Yeah. So the signature the signature parkour. Yeah, I mean it's unique, isn't it? it? It's completely unique in the in the world tour. Uh, for a start, it is pretty long. It's very hard. It's a hard race. Um, and no. it's it, it's also I mean yeah I mean it's gorgeous and it has the, possibly I I think even better than Paris Roubaix has the most awesome finish location iconic finish that was number two criteria yeah. on my on my list of what makes a monument it has an iconic finish yes what the hell is the finish of tour of flanders well, well it's not particularly yeah. iconic it's actually. terrible it's yeah. been terrible of late because they it moved just, it yeah it finishes on it used a to be in the flandrian fl- velodrome it didn't but it <laughs> no. used to not be basically on the the e3 right i think it finishes now on, it's the, like e3. on the highway right well it used to finish not long after the muir the the capital moor so and now the capital moor is like 100k from the finish when they brought it back in to the tour of flanders so i don't know i mean I, i'm not saying every monument has to have each one of these features but i'm saying yeah. that what makes strada bianchi uh, 
qualify, yeah, potentially qualify as a monument. Uh, in my mind, those two stand out as, as signature features. And, and a third I would add that any, any monument needs is it needs to attract a world-class field year after year. Which and it does. Bianchi certainly does that. Let, I mean, let's just go through the winners. We had Philippe this year. Right. Last year, T. Spanute. Well, okay. But, I mean, Quia uh, Kawasaki has won. Yeah. Yep. Consolara has won. Three times in a row. He has a. He now has a gra, uh, a what are we calling it? A white road sector named after him because he's won three in a row. Stebar has also won at Strava Beyonce twice. So you're sort of bringing yep. up, I think, what what really distinguishes Strada Bianchi from some of these other races. And Bodie, you alluded to this when we were talking after the race about the race, which is the the different types of riders that are competitive in this yeah. race. It yeah, can be a different sort cool. of race every year. It can be a sprinter's race. It can be a climber's race. It can be a hard man's race. It can be a cyclocross stars race. And and frankly, it has been a cyclocross <laughs> stars race lately. Yeah. I mean, so, well, one one cyclocross star has won it twice, and another one has finished in the podium twice. Twice in the last two years. So let's just say, so in the men's race, we had Al Philippe won. Yeah. He uh, outsprinted Jakob Fuglsang. Forgive, foregone conclusion there, wasn't it? I mean, once we knew that those were the three that were there at the finish, I think it was like my I was my chips were all in. On on Alphalete. Fulsang, former, uh, speaking of uh, off-road skills, Fulsang, former mountain biker. I mm. believe he's a former mountain bike champion. Did not know that. Who Who is also one of those riders who, what do you, I mean, he's kind of a climber, kind of, but also does like a week-long, can win a week-long stage race. All-rounder. Um, he's an all-rounder. So, you know, that was, that was a really good, uh, the finish of that race uh, was pretty awesome. There was a... What what it was like one of the second or it was one of the second to last uh, maybe gravel segments that uh, Fuglesang attacked on right. Well, Fuglesang was was uh, doing everything he could for the last last ten k, fifteen k of that race to try to shake Alaphilippe because yeah. like Matt, uh, Fuglesang probably knew full well that if he went. Uh, to the to the line with Alaphilippe that he didn't stand a chance. So uh, well, I guess yeah. I was trying. I was backing up. I mean, there was there was a select group. Yeah, and Fuglesang attacked. Wout uh, jumped on his wheel. Wout jumped on his wheel, and Alaphilippe was thinking maybe that Lampart would bring it back, but I think Eve Lampart uh, was done. Mm-hmm. Alaphilippe went around, and then that was the the break of three, and they rode together. And at some point, they dropped. Wow, on maybe one of the last punchy gravel climbs. Yep. And it was the two of them together. I think it might have been on the same last sector where that where it really happened on the women's race too. Oh, we will talk about that in a moment. Yeah. And um and then eventually, they dicked around so much that Wow was able to make it back within the last one k. But it was sort of one of those things where he just made it back to them. There was no way that he was going to be able to follow any moves. And no. the sprightly little Frenchman swashbuckled his way to a victory um, in Mordor. So, uh, yeah. 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 To, to your point about, well, uh, they published his, his power numbers and they showed his numbers uh, for that for that last sort of 2K of the race, uh, including when he was clawing his way back onto the wheels. And, and he, I think he had something like close to 700 watts for 
45 seconds or something unreal like that as he tried to 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 close that gap and then he was he it was, was 665 and then it was like 380 was that was his up the climb his like solo move yeah was 380 watts to get back to them yeah okay um and after he, a very hard day in the saddle yeah yeah well kudos to him two years in a row third place yeah um i mean guys it, it is wout a classics racer of course has he peaked <laughs> I don't. I don't think he's peaked. No. No, I don't think. I don't think he's peaked. But uh, I read some interesting stuff. Did he uh, have any teammates in this race? He's on a bigger team now. Yeah, he is on. He, well, he's on a great team now. Uh, he's got a great, solid team behind him. Uh, there were a lot of big names that did not make that move at all. I mean, there's a lot of lot of people that were left behind. So yeah, I mean, he's got the credentials. He's. I mean, we can also talk about the weekend before in a moment, you know, and and how he did there. But uh, sure, yeah, Wout Wout is a classics racer. Of course, he is. He's he's proven himself. Here's a question: I don't know the answer to, so maybe I'm setting us up to look stupid on the air. But what are Wout's uh, the rest of Wout's classics plans with uh, with Lotto Yumbo or with Yumbo uh, Visma? We know he's doing Tour of Flanders, and we know he's doing Roubaix. Okay, well, that's so good enough. I would think he might be doing E3. I would imagine he's going to do E3. Probably not Milan San Remo. I don't think Milan San Remo is necessarily in his. Uh, no, I think they'll be riding for. Well, that's a good question. Gronavagen. And I don't know. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. So did anybody watch the women's race? Because the women's race yes. happened to happen right before. So this. Maybe and this they is, showed it. Maybe this is thing about a monument. Going forward to become a new monument, you must have a men's and women's race. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I absolutely agree with that. It has to include both a men's and women's race for any, any anything that could be considered a monument in the future. So, Matt, you said you watched it. Do you want to give us a little bit of a breakdown of how that happened? Well, the women's race, obviously, it was um, still an exceedingly hard race. Uh, there was some really big hitters there at the end. Uh you know, Bols Dolman's had some great riders there. Anna van der Breggen was right there. Uh, Ashley Mulman Passio was there. But uh, that last steep section on that last gravel sector was when Annemiek van Vluten attacked and nobody could go with her. And she didn't just go away from them. She kept going away. I think she opened up to almost a minute uh, away from her. And that, that sector was like, what, within the last 10K? So, really impressive performance uh, from her. And I think she herself, I think, you know, as far as I know, she surprised herself that she was able to win on that parkour. So, uh, the the only thing I'll say about this year's race is, compared to last year, which was monumentally bad weather, this year was a lot smoother, a lot drier, still a really, really hard course. Well, but, you see how much dust that race kicked up. There was some videos from the carrier van yeah. where they, you know, you oh once God. you can't even see any riders in front of you. Like that's more treacherous than freaking trying to match, you know, uh, Alaphilippe up a climb. Oh, mm-hmm. oh uh, you know, team cars trying to pass each other, jockeying mm-hmm. for position, trying to service their riders. Yeah, on a narrow, dusty, uh, windy, hilly mountain road. I mean, literally couldn't see a thing. No, it was like riding through pea soup fog yeah. of dust. To go yeah. back to the women's race, uh, speaking of off-road, Annika Longveld got second. 
Yeah. She's a mountain biker. Mountain biker. And uh, Bowles Kashia. Dolman's new rider, right? I think she's just signed this year. Possibly. Third and place. Kasia Niadoma. The uh, Wout Vanette of the women's Strada Bianchi, right? She was third last year. Oh, I, I was trying to get the size. I don't think she raced cyclocross, but she does have an American boyfriend. Little name. Little Tay-tay. Known, right? Tay-tay. <laughs> Mr. Tay-Tay. Oh. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, so... That was this weekend's classics. I mean, we've kind of we we've took a Mardi Gras break. We missed chatting about some of the classics. Um, maybe briefly we'll talk about Umloop. Well, before I think, we go there, can we, can we just oh. mention that yes. certain, some there was another race on Sunday in Tuscany, a road race, but a hard, lumpy road race in Tuscany. Some of the pros stayed on after Strada Bianchi, after destroying themselves on Saturday. Uh, Similar to what Townsend and I did. Max Shackman of Bora Hansgrove, who rode very well in Strada Bianca, won the GP Industria Argentino or whatever the hell it's called. Um, I, I saw the end, Yeah, I saw the I saw the end of that race, and uh, he basically just yeah him and one of uh, Gianni Savio's whatever Gianni Savio's team is called these these days the. Uh, the team that is basically uh, crowdfunded. They have think they have like thirty to forty. Andreoni Giacataloli Cidermec. It used to be that. Is it still that? Well, that's think, Matea. They, they have about seven hundred sponsors ben, on their ben jersey. Drame got second yeah. and third. I think uh, if you give ten dollars, you get you get to be put on the jersey. So, so you're saying that that Shockman, um rode a hard race in Strada Bianchi on Saturday and then went and smashed it even harder and won this race on Sunday. Yes. So our hats are collectively off to, to him. Chapeau to him on that. So so Alaphilippe wins Strada yeah. Bianchi, yeah. Um, which is like 19 victories for 15. Omega Farmer Quickstep um, in the Spring Classics already. Uh, De Kunic Quickstep. 15. So this is here, here's my question to you two. Are mm. we over DQS? In what way? Are in they this, bad the same for way road we're racing? Over, yeah, in the same way that we're like <laughs> over the Yankees. Yeah, over the yeah. over the you know. Well, I mean, they are the, the Yankees of the classics, right? I guess so. I mean, so all right. So Umloop won by Cyclocross star, former Cyclocross star, Stebar. Uh, great, yeah, great. Not the, not the not the Cyclocross star. Not the three-time world champion Cyclocross rider. We were. Uh, hyping up it was the elder statesman three-time world champion well i mean star. you know in order to win a classic you need to age a little bit you've got to like like your cyclocross you can't you can't wear fresh world championship stripes from the mud to the dirt you got to let it age a bit hmm. okay i mean don't i mean voss would probably disagree with you yeah. on that one <laughs> yeah, and maybe so. like uh vanderpool but uh all right so kbk the day after, yeah, won by Bobby uh, Jungleman, yep. which yeah. was once again that's usually known as a sprinter's classic, right? It's the Ohm Loop, which is the classic, classic man's classic, and then KBK is for the sprinter. Jungleman, not a sprinter. No. Well, that race just didn't just didn't work out for any of the sprinters. It was a it was a you know a beautifully executed break by a number of guys including Jungles that, that in the break away. all all day I think yeah I think he was in the break all day and then what was it the last 15k it was a long way from home 
uh, on that on those that final circuit around Kerner, and he uh, he just went off the front and never came back. Jungle uh, Man also, you know, he's you know, call all rounder, I guess. You know, he's a he's gone for def- a GC before, sort of. Great time trialist. Um, um, great, great, great old rounder. Definitely. I remember Bob Jungles. There was some some uh, early season desert race where there was like a downhill finish and he had put on like a 57 tooth chain ring to launch like a 4k attack and, yeah. and, and you know, really get it speed. So that's how I always big think. engine, big engine kind of guy. Um, so not your typical winner of KBK. Another quick step. Also Sorry, quick step watching him in those last, whatever, 10 to whatever kilometers his, you know, some people just look perfect on a bike. Bob Youngles looks perfect on a bike. His form, his you could serve dinner on his back. <laughs> literally. You could you could actually serve a, a beautiful four course dinner on his bike while he's putting out four hundred watts average for a good 30, 30 minutes. Yeah. I, I would buy tickets to that table. Sounds good. <laughs> so and then the, the the following Tuesday there was a little little race called uh Le Filet of Salmon. Le, Le Salmon, yeah. Le Salmon, uh-huh. um, which actually, if you can go back and watch that race, the last, I don't know, like 5K or something, extremely exciting, um, bunch what? of t- attacks, counterattacks, people coming back. Yeah. Yes. Well, I'm putting this to you, Bodie, that this is your new favorite early spring classic because it's a total hipster spring classic. And of the three of us here, I mean, Townsend and I are over a certain age. And you are the hipster of the bunch, and I think this <laughs> it's all is all relative because it's also like lower level teams, but always quick step. Uh, it's always quick step, and and it's also in the French part of uh, of Belgium. It's in Wallonie, so it's a little bit more esoteric, and 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 you know, and you have that like slight kind of like sense of elitism about it. Yeah, so I mean, it's like the perfect. hipster classic. Yeah, hipster yeah. So classic. it's like the the guy at the show who was like, "Well, I remember when they played, you know, you know, twenty years ago back at you know the Rat Skeller or whatever." Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Lay Salmon. Yeah, it's like the super popular band's first and second album. Yeah, yeah, right. But these guys are still like they, these guys are still playing that venue, and uh, and they're still keeping it real. So I think I think this is the classic for you. All right. Well, I watched, like I said, good racing. Go find that race. A uh, lot of fun. Like I said, attacks, counterattacks, um, mm. some stuff that I tried to study and use in my Sunday gravel race. But so, will uh, who will be uh, who will be the team or the? Wait, 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 we going to mention who won that one? Oh, sorry. Yeah, uh, uh, Seneschal from uh, Seneschal Quickstep. Florian Seneschal uh, watching the uh, Flow Bikes commentary. Not the greatest commentator, I would say, on the day. Got who, the name wrong. Uh, completely got the name of him wrong until after the finish. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> the guy seemed to be in the weeds a little there. But, uh, well, so, so that was four classics in a you row. You had to ask, you would know. DQS. Yeah, they've had four classics in a row. And yeah. uh, Milan San Remo is the, I guess, the next. Next big classic coming up. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there'll be some like crazy midweek races, but what we got going on a plate right now is well, we got Perry Nice going on right now. Perry Nice, which but, I, is, but I was trying to stick on the classics for a second and yeah. ask. I mean, who who is gonna who's gonna derail the quick step train? Mm. Well, 
That's a good question. I would say Greg Van Avermaet is looking there or thereabouts, right? He was definitely the strongest rider on, uh, I would say, on Omelette Pet Newsblad, but he wasn't the smartest rider, and that was Stebar. Stebar just followed every move that GVA made and got the jump on everybody before the sprint. And so I think GVA showing good form there. What about um, Peter Sagan? He hasn't even raced. We haven't seen him race. I haven't in seen him yet. Have yeah, we? Does, does Sagan do Balance and Remo? Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah, that's right. It was him, Alaphilippe, oh, yeah. and Kawasaki that were the, the amazing sprint. sprint where Kawasaki yeah. outsprinted him. And, and we alluded to it earlier. Maybe this is a nice segue into Paris Nice, which is the stage race that's going on right now, the race to the sun. Yeah. Uh, but you've got Dylan Gronovagen, sprinter, Milan San Remo, typically a sprinter's classic. Dylan Gronovagen look like, looking like the class <laughs> of fire. the sprinters right now, leading Paris Nice, having won both of the first two stages. Um, guys, how about that? Have you been watching any of that race? Yeah. I have not, but I've been excited. I actually, I watched the uh, last uh, 1K uh, today while I was waiting to get my car changed, my oil changed. Um, Guys literally getting blown off the road yeah. in that crosswind. Yeah. Uh, both first two stages. A lot of cyclocross it. going on in Ooh. that race, and a lot of people getting knocked out of that race. Uh, yeah, a lot of crashes. A lot of crashes, a lot of big names going out. Iran uh, broke his collarbone. Saw that. Yeah, he did that today. He looked Bummer. great yesterday. Um, rode super strong yesterday. A, a shame to see him go out because I think, you know, I just love Iran. Anyway, I just love everything about him, but uh, that's that's a big shame. Uh, honestly, Sky just... Sky have won, what, like six of the last eight or something of this race? Just an insane record. That so they their have. GC man at Pyrenees is Bernal? Yes, I would say so. But he's who? behind Kwiatkowski, who came back from... Kwiatkowski got dropped and then came back to the front group. But the man of the match for them so far has been Luke Rowe, who has been destroying people on... He has been making those moves with the crosswinds like a boss. So he, he broke apart the race today, which He's left... Multiple a, times. He's done this multiple times over the last two days, torn the race apart. Yeah. Um, so he... he well, I, I watched the finish, and they had uh, Kawasaki and Bernal... Um, in the front group, and they and so Grunewagen made that front group, won the sprint, but in terms of the GC, Bernal had a few second gap on um, the rest of the GC riders. So, Except, apart from uh, LL Cool Sanchez, who is actually ahead of him by a couple LL of seconds. LL Cool Sanchez, yeah, Luis Leon. Oh, mm-hmm. all right, that's good. That's good. Yeah, all right. Um, well, speaking of being cool, speaking of not cool. It's 2019, but which it, one are we speaking of? Being cool or be, not being cool? <laughs> trying to trying to make a segue up on the fly, yeah. and uh, you know it's 2019, but in the news it kind of felt a little bit like 2008, guys, with some serious blood doping happening. Yeah, which is crazy. I don't know. I'm sure you guys have all seen the video of the Austrian skier literally caught red-handed by the police um it was a nordic skier he had a blood bag mm. it's kind of a horrifying video yeah so 1990s or yeah. uh 20 aughts right it's just it's kind of insane and apparently this he is part of a ring of a, a doctor who is providing uh athletes over a bunch of different sports yep. um 
opportunities to blood dope. And one of them was Denifil. Stefan Denifil, who used to be on uh, Aqua Blue Sport, of course, was the guy that won their biggest win ever was a stage of the of the Vuelta. He won a mountain stage in the Vuelta. He actually got signed by CCC, the new CCC, this but, year, but never reported to camp, and then and then dropped out. Yeah, yeah, like mysteriously dropped out, and uh, yeah, and then uh, yeah, Pridler, uh, Pridler, Groupama FTJ, who apparently said that he took blood out, but never put, never it, back put it back in. in. And the fact that he sort of had committed that was was a bad as bad as doping, and he had, just maybe saving it for a rainy day. I don't know. Never <laughs> yeah. know when you're going to need some blood. I yeah. don't even know how blood double you take yeah, the blood and out. You save and then it what for you a use... rainy day on the Giro, uh, and that's when you put it back in, right? Right. And that's what you do. Yeah. You save it for a climby day on the Giro. Yeah. So, um, yeah, kind of crazy that this is happening. Uh, you know, there's talk about is the biological passport that good uh if these things are happening is it are we able to really detect um these situations because these people didn't have any anomalies in their uh biologic passport right i think i don't know i guess the the sense is that because the way that the other riders reacted to this sort of clues in that this is not as prevalent as before and that we still are in a cleaner error. Oh yeah. I mean, there's, there appeared to be just uh honest shock yeah. amongst the Peloton and amongst, you know, DSs um, that I've heard react to this. Right. Um, and, and that's a good thing. And you know, the other good thing about this is, you know, that it isn't like somebody just randomly wandered into this guy's hotel room and, and no. he was dope and he was, you know, uh, uh blood doping uh he that was it was based on an investigation and it's like a sting operation a sting operation on, right? and, and and it was not it was not led by usada it was apparently led by the the austrian police yeah um but but you know it's it's nice to at least see that the people that are doing it are getting caught and it wasn't by accident that they got caught they got caught because there are people that are vigilantly trying to enforce the right. anti-doping laws yeah and, and so and, that's good and let's and let's also remember this didn't come about through cycling. This came about through the uh, cross winter, country skiing, winter sports world championships. Yeah, cross country skiing, which I mean, there is some cross crossover there between those two sports, but because yeah. they're, they're ultra endurance sports, right? Of cross country skiing and and cycling are like people who have to have like massive um, VO two maxes. Right, but still, the point, the point I'm making is that is that, however it was that it came about, yeah. clearly cycling was a part of it because it wasn't like they caught this guy and then everybody else just decided to start fessing up. They, right. The investigation sort of you know followed the leads and the tentacles that spread off of this, and, and it led to yeah. the two cyclists that we've mentioned. And it came from a doctor, a German doctor, who used to be the team doctor for which team? You guys know? Garl Steiner. Yes. I Garl only know Steiner. that because of other podcasts. Uh, which American used to be on Garl Steiner? Levi Leipheimer. That's right. Was Leipheimer the one with the absorb twin? <laughs> was that his excuse? Or was that Tyler Hamilton? 
Oh, that might have been Hamilton. With the twin. I think it was Hamilton like, that he had absorbed his twin, and that's why he had all the testosterone or something. I think the what? hemoglobin or something. Hemo- yeah, whatever. The white yeah. blood cells. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Emily's listening to this and being like, you are an idiot. That's not how it works. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So disappointing, really, that this is still still going on, that we can have these doping rings happening at this time. And why, you know, why does that, why is that man, and you've got, to me, I look at the doctor, right? I look at the doctor like, how is he still able to practice at all after that? Yeah, I don't. It's, it's, uh, that's shocking to me. Well, you know, some guys, I guess, you know, some guys looking for that extra speed and Mm. a big announcement that we haven't talked about yet. (laughs) This is a great segue. Is Ram released its new 13 speed. So if you no, need the extra gear. No. 12. Wait, is it not 12. 13? Oh, no, see? theirs is 12. Who's 13? Rotor. Rotor. Oh, my RC. All right, so you, what, here I am at 10 speed. Why the <laughs> hell would I upgrade to 11 if Rotor has a freaking 13 speed now? I know. I mean, I might as well just wait till the 14, right? Well, yeah, but you know what 14 is going to be? It's going to be a small block seven speed in the back with a double on the front. And you're going to have only 14 speeds. We're going, the pendulum's going to swing I, I think back I had the other that way. When I was 12. That's right. The pendulum's yeah. swinging back the other way. Yeah. And it's going to be, it's going to be guys, old school. I'm telling you. Oh, it's going to be so retro. You're going to love it. You're going to see the triple front chain ring again soon. You know, there's a lot of people. I mean, uh, we should get Kurt Durand on about that because I'm, I'm sure he <laughs> loves seven speed campy more than anything. And seven speed with a double. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Twice as fun. Yeah. So. All right, so so Rotor mm. released a 13 speed. Yes. The question is, do you run it backwards? Ha, upside, you're upside down. You have well, to run it upside down. Here's my thoughts on that. Or is it really a 14 speed? Wait. Okay, what's your thoughts, Matt? So if you have 13 speed, right? It's 13 speed, so which is unlucky. So in cycling, you have to turn that upside down. But to turn your bike upside down in a bike race is the biggest faux pas you can do, right? Rubber, because rubber you, side up. You, yeah, you wait for the mechanic and everything. Right. So what you actually create is a vortex from, and your bike will actually just, just keep spinning in midair. I don't because, understand. <coughs> so like 13 speed is like a, it's a new motor for your bike. It's going to, it's going to be, no, it's just going to actually like barrel roll forever. Okay. And yeah. you somehow ride that. No, you can't ride it, but your, your bike will just be immobilized. Oh, when, okay. When you've got a mechanical yeah. and you get off the bike, it'll start spinning in the air. Yeah. I got it. But you shouldn't ride it in the first place because you have to turn it upside down. <laughs> I will say this about the Rotor 13 speed group set, at least the, the photos that I've seen of it. I'm definitely going to vote it ugliest group set on the planet. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't Is look Is it hydraulic? Good. They've been doing this hydraulic thing, right? Well, it's definitely got some sort of a clutch. It's got a clutch derail, rear derailleur, uh, and I don't know if it has some sort of hydraulic mech. It's not mm. electronic, I don't think. It's it's no. I, th- it's I think mechanical. they were, I think they were purporting a hydraulic group set, which would be I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know anybody who has it. Yeah. Anybody who's buying this thing. What uh, about? What about the tw- SRAM 12-speed? Have you? Mm. I feel like there might be someone in town who has that. Probably. 
I'm uh, sure like half of the Giro has it by now. I've seen a couple uh, Instagram photos from some of the local bike shops with some custom builds they've been doing with the, yeah. with the uh, 12 It's not. Speed. I think it's good looking. What do you guys think? I think well, it looks pretty good. I see, uh, for five thousand dollars, it looks great. <laughs> you mentioned uh, you mentioned Kasha, great. You mentioned Kashinua Doman. Uh, yeah. And they were running the SRAM 12-speed in, yeah. in Strada Bianchi, the SRAM, uh, Canyon SRAM Wow, it's been running it in cyclocross. I mean, uh, well, also... So, so J-Pow was running it Pitcock this fall, was running it. winter. Yeah, I mean, sure. Looks awesome. Uh, it's beyond my price range. It's, yeah. it's beyond any bike I own. Well, as everybody knows, I'm still on 10-speed um, yeah. rim brake legacy was looking at a you know trying to get some deals on 11 speed group set looking have, at have, people are offloading their crank sets with corks for pretty good prices and i just missed it on a uh sram red you know 2016 with cork ah oh, man i should have got it um but i'm gonna i'm gonna keep looking if anybody out there has like a really great uh price on a 11 speed yeah i do I have a, I, I can give you one for free, but you won't run Shimano. Oh, you know why I won't run one? I won't run Shimano, and I discussed this with Townsend on the group ride the other day, and I learned this little thing from the Bike Shop CX podcast. Is I with the SRAM, you can pull the paddle back and hold it in your hand. So when you're shift, when you're sprinting in the drops, you just tick 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 your little out your wrist, and you downshift. Hmm. What do you do on Shimano? What's what's Dylan, Dylan Gronewegen <laughs> running these days? He uh, what probably a, what has a, a DI2 with a little fucking sprint button <laughs> <laughs> that he hits. So, anyway. Okay. Thanks for that tip, Bike Shop, bike shop <laughs> CX. All right. Whatever you need to justify not going 11 speed yet. That's, that's uh, yeah. Well, guys, we had some really, really sad news. Um, USA Cycling uh, released a, a press release. What was that, yesterday morning? Day before yesterday, I think it was uh, two days ago. At this point, um, Kelly Caitlin, former uh, Olympic medalist in the uh, pursuit, am I right? Track event. Uh, yeah, found, found dead in her her uh, dorm room at uh, Stanford. Stanford. Mm-hmm. Grad student there. Yeah. Uh, sounds like from some Facebook posts that her family made, her brother specifically, that it was a, that it was a suicide. USA Cycling didn't really deal with that aspect of it in their press release. I guess it was early, and perhaps they felt like that might not be appropriate. Um, I suspect that USA Cycling probably will deal with that ultimately, um, yeah. given that it given that it's out there. Uh, I sort of feel like they probably should because I think that's a pretty big part of the story. Uh, what do you guys What do you guys think about this, I man? How do you How do you process that first off? Well, I think it's extremely tragic, and you kind of, these things come out on social media, you hear people saying, you know, feel so sorry for this person's friends and family, and like you said, you kind of have to like dig, and, and you go on the website trying to figure, figure out the information, and uh, you learn that she found her in her dorm, and then today we learned that, you know, or yesterday we learned it was a suicide, and then today we learned that she had a concussion in December, mm-hmm. and it's just a tragic story, I mean, you know, it all life is precious and you know this hits us harder because we're cyclists and she was a she was a graduate student at stanford classical violinist yeah. um she was you know also a olympic medalist um and you know just very young 23 rode for rally on the road um you had for rode for the usa uh, team and the olympics national team um 
just really sad to see someone with such potential, you know, their life is over. And, uh, you know, it sounds like her father said she had a a concussion in December and it really kind of changed her persona. And, you know, if you're suffering from depression and then you have a concussion, I mean, those things are, are pretty hard to deal with. And there's a lot of talk about, you know, her being an elite athlete and also being a graduate student. Right. The time demands of that, the training and the studying and the sort of, you know, the, 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 the endurance of having to to manage both those sides of a very very active life um pretty pretty imposing i suppose for someone like her 23 years old uh grad student at, at stanford my goodness i mean that's hard enough on its own yeah. right and you add that uh add to that the the, the regimen of, of of having to train the way she trains as a as a you know track and road cyclist and a uh, musician sure yeah, I think that I think also you know with elite athletes and and we we just know a very small percentage of this, but the idea that you're so focused in, in one thing and and that becomes your life. It's it really is your everything, and I have not experienced it at that level. But from my own personal, I have had a little bit of burnout, and I've been trying to more take a more healthier approach to cycling and all things that are passionate that I'm passionate about is 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 that if it becomes all encompassing, it can be hard if you if that thing gets taken away from you mm-hmm. to deal with other aspects in your life. Um, and I think also, it's like I said, this is a terrible storm. It's like all these things that happen together. It's like mental health and the stigma behind mental health, whereas you, know, you, you break your arm, you go to the doctor, you take the steps to get to get healthy, and, and that's okay. You can be hurt. You can wear a cast. You can be like, hey, my arm is broken. I can't do this thing because I've broken arm. But a lot of times with mental health, if you're suffering depression, there is this still a stigma in our society that like, oh, you're not really suffering, and like, why don't you just feel happy, or why don't you just like get it together? And I think luckily with my generation, I feel like people are really starting to address that and be open about that and that like right. it is just as bad as a as a physical energy uh, injury and that you need to treat it as such and you know well it, i think it can be worse than just a physical injury i mean yeah. i know from my own perspective i've dealt with it twice having a concussion i had a concussion back in the 90s uh that really you know really affected me uh not only having the concussion and then I had another injury that resulted from the same accident that, you know, broke my wrist after that. And so it was like, I'd already had the concussion, which was already traumatic enough and, and dealing with that. And then like breaking my wrist, my, my working hand as it were, you know, was, was it was a huge deal to me. And then having that, you know, I had the concussion at Rouge Roubaix a couple of years ago and, and that you're, you're kind of like, you feel embarrassed that you feel bad, sick or bad about it, but it's hard to do anything. Yeah. It's really hard to deal with that stuff. I saw Nikki Bramier posted um, about being concussed and, uh, and that she really just didn't want to get out of bed because a, it's really hard to do a lot of things. You can't focus on stuff. you you know, there's, it can affect people in lots of different ways. And we know what's happened in American football with concussions yeah. There's a lot of investigation and analysis that we're just getting to the to the the starting point of uh, with with how that affects people. It's brain. It's you know it's affecting people's brains and it affect, it affects your 
chemical balance and emotions and and everything and uh yeah just being aware of that um and being aware you know and hey you know let's let's support those people that that those things happen to yeah i think you know as cyclists you know we ding our heads a lot so or maybe not a lot but we preponderance to doing that and it's like i have a friend who had a concussion knocked her out for almost a year um not a cyclist but her other friend hit her head and is feeling kind of, you know, not feeling great. It's like, you got to get that stuff checked out. And so it's like, you know, if we kind of like try like, what can we like take from the situation? And, and is like, Hey, if you, if you hit your head, you, you ding your noggin, like, let's, let's get that checked out. Like, yeah. don't like, yeah, it's totally worth checking it out. And like, if you are depressed, like, you know, reach out to folks. I know that's like, we can say that. And when you're depressed, it's hard to even like grasp that, that anybody would want to help you. But you know, Hey, yeah. Anybody out there, listeners, like having a bad day, need someone to talk to, send us an email. Let us know how it's going. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It's just, uh, we, I just, I just feel for her family and her friends and, uh, hope they can have some peace. Well, and as someone who is involved, uh, like you are, Bodie, in our local association through USA Cycling, um, I think it's incumbent on on USA Cycling uh, to come out and and to say something similar to like what we're saying, what you guys are saying right now, and to address this issue uh, head on. That is, whether it's the issue of mental health, whether it's the issue of, of concussions uh, and uh, mental health in in sport and cycling, and and again specifically, you're right. I mean, you know, a a concussion type injury is is a very common injury uh, for cyclists, uh, and probably one that often goes undiagnosed. And so, I hope that USA Cycling takes the opportunity uh, now on the heels of their earlier statement about this uh, to come out and and to really um, grab the reins on this one and and do something positive um, and so that this will not have been in vain well i mean not to 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 keep down this you know the somber street but we had a pretty big incident in new orleans uh during mardi gras where nine eight or nine uh, cyclists uh, and pedestrians were struck by a drunk driver um, after mm-hmm. a parade and two of those cyclists uh, passed away um, and this this weekend there was a memorial ride for those two folks who passed away uh, Cherie Walls I believe right Townsend That's right and David Hines David Hines um, and that and that was I mean I think it was Matt, you went to the events. I had to work, but it seemed like there was a lot of people who were there. It a lot of people like a- showed up. Yeah, um, I was only there at the start of it. I I couldn't really uh, stay very long, but uh, they they had a they met at the uh, the Chime Tree in uh, City Park. Um, I showed up for that, um, and then they were going on a ride, and then they were going to go down to Esplanade to to where the accident happened, and I went by on. Uh, I went by the day after on Sunday and saw that there were the two white bicycles there. And there's a big kind of around a tree on the corner of the park there, which is a very familiar spot yeah, for all of us where we out. often end our rides. Um, there was, a, you know, a lot of flowers and uh, and memorials there. And, yeah, it's just incredibly sad. Incredibly I mean, sad. And and it's a pointless, totally pointless, pointless. Uh, waste of lives. Yeah, you know, and we could go down a huge long rabbit hole with this, which which I, I don't think we necessarily need to. Um, our our good friend Charlie Thomas, I know, uh, who is uh, in, involved in uh, Bike Law Louisiana, 
uh, has been on the radio uh, talking about this or on uh, television talking about this in the wake of this accident. Uh, you know, a lot of people look at this as a bike safety issue. Certainly, that's part of it. Um, this incident happened on a, on a part of the, a road that actually has some fairly well-developed bicycle infrastructure. Yeah. It feels like a fairly, it's a fairly, it's a slow, it's like a 25 mile an hour speed limit. I mean, yep. it's, it's a, it's a street that's designed in a way that is a traffic calming. Yeah. Sure. And it's a, it's a major bike route yeah. in the city. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. it is, it has been the beneficiary this particular stretch of esplanade mm -hmm. avenue has been the beneficiary of some of the more forward-thinking bike infrastructure construction in new orleans in the post-katrina era esplanade used to be a, a two-lane road in both directions uh, they took an entire lane of car traffic and and essentially turned it into a divided bicycle lane uh, one of the problems, however, with that is that sometimes those big, wide bicycle lanes um, that provide so much room for cyclists and a, and a painted buffer between the lane of car travel and the bicycle lane can actually masquerade uh, as a second lane of car travel. And that's, in fact, what happened in this case is that literally the driver of this vehicle was driving down the bike lane as if it were a second lane of travel at 80 miles an hour. Which yeah. is an absolute insane speed to go in S1. I, I can't, it, I mean, it's, it's un, I mean, I think for all, for all three of us, that's unfathomable. Yeah. Right. And well, the fact that the man, I'm sure, you know, I, I don't know, we haven't heard about the toxicology report or anything, but he must have been, I mean, almost blind drunk well yes he apparently admitted to being you know uh, incredibly drunk uh and and Bodie, you and i were talking on on one of our bike rides that yes there is a bike infrastructure and a bike safety component to this accident without a doubt and a protected bicycle lane that was protected with cement or otherwise immovable bollards or barriers that would have prevented him from getting into the bike lane at all could have prevented this but and, and, and that certainly is a, a, a valuable point to be made, and it's something that, that people need to look at as we move forward and decide how we want to set up bike infrastructure and bike lanes in the city going forward. But really, for me, and I think you had the same thought, Bodie, this is a, this is a drunk driving accident. Yeah. This is a, this is a, a, a question about, um, about one's ability to, to and, and, and somehow the, the freedom that we have in this country to, to, to get as drunk as you can possibly get and still somehow uh, be able to get into a vehicle and drive um, and, and essentially maneuver a 4,000-pound deadly weapon at 80 miles cars an hour are weapons. down a bicycle lane. I mean, yep. just, and I would add to that, I weaponized think cars. this is, I mean, in my, cars. in my experience, this is especially prevalent in New Orleans and Louisiana. This yeah. Is, this is part of is. the culture here that it's like, okay, to drive while you're three sheets to the wind and i don't uh, you know that's 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 one of the 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 takeaways from that and that getting getting past that culture where where Little people point hard. out to each other on yeah. facebook that hey there's a police stop here so uh just don't go don't drive that way home go drive a different way home that's not the real that's yeah. not the solution it's like i'm not going to tell you that yeah I, I want you to get caught yeah 
Well, this is a cycling podcast and not a drunk driving podcast, so True. I don't think we should get too deep into. Do you the want to get too that, deep into infrastructure and ta- start talking about why is there not more public transportation? Yeah, and people the parking rides to the parades, like the fact people you should. See, I mean, you know, Townsend, you live on the right. parade route. After Endymion, Mid City was a freaking disaster of cars and drunk people, and yeah. it is. I'm going to give a quick, can I give a quick shout out? We got, we got, we got, yeah, culturally that has to change. Let me give a quick shout out on this podcast to someone, fellow cyclist, uh, someone who we all know made a Facebook post today in response to uh, a solicitation from the city to basically review Mardi Gras, sort of give your post Mardi Gras thoughts. Mm -hmm. The new mayor's administration posted on Facebook, hey, give us some feedback. How did we do this year for Mardi Gras? And our good friend, Kenny Bello. Uh, authored a Facebook post that had about five exceptionally good points that that really leveraged a lot of what we've been talking about so far with respect to safety and bike safety, um, drunk driving, etc. Um, for folks that are local and, and know Kenny and are friends with him on Facebook, um, look for that post and check it out. Make some really good points, and I won't I won't belabor the point, uh, but check it out. Okay. All right, folks. Well, you know, it is springtime. We've got the road season kicked off. And you know what other season it's about to be? What other hashtag we're about to get into? Well, I'm going to call it the American Classics. Yeah, you're right. Crit season is almost upon us, folks. And USA Crits has expanded their schedule. Uh, They start a preseason race in Birmingham. We'll have friends racing that race. That's this weekend. That's this weekend. Wow. And... Friend of the pod, guest of the pod, the one, the only Thomas Gibbons mm. has entered his team, his a new, new team, team, automatic racing with the new kits, with the new kits that we helped them design. I mean, <laughs> and certainly reviewed, 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 well, more I, reviewed. Have, I don't we know seen if we the, have we seen the new kit yet? We haven't. Thomas, where is the official new kit? You need to send us a, a mock-up so we can, um, you know, trash or panache it, you know, final. We know it has the, like the tequila sunrise fade going on it. Right. And maybe he'd send us one to hang on the wall of the studio here. Oh, yeah. yeah. But but the big news is they are they are now a D one team in USA Crits. That means they'll be they'll be competing uh, for the entire series. It's a smaller team. Uh, I believe his it's it's him, uh, his girlfriend Lauren Dodge, who is a bit of a cycling stud herself. And a few, and I think I believe another woman. I don't know her name. And then yeah, let's just give a shout out to Lauren. She goes under automatic nutrition. Uh, nutrition. Yeah. Yep. And he's automatic racing. Endur- automatic endurance. And automatic racing. endurance. Yep. So automatic endurance is is his coaching business. Automatic racing is the team like it. that will be at a USA Crits. So we just want to give a shout out and let all our listeners know that USA Crits does live stream all the races all year long. You can mm-hmm. sign up. You can get an account. I did this last year. It was 50 bucks. It was like 20 or so crits. Um, go to usacrits.tv. And when you sign up, you can choose a team to support. Mm. So I think all our listeners, all 100 of our listeners. Let's do that. <laughs> should should select <laughs> automatic racing. Show them some love. I think that, I think to, um, I think I think the teams up front pay, they pay, they buy into the series. Yep. But they do get some back from these subscriptions, and they are in for these purses. Um, there's a lot of money. I think it's 
you know, USA Crits are trying to create a sustainable uh, American racing business. series with a biz, yeah, biz model, sustainable yeah. business model. Well, so l- l- let's digress just for a minute on okay. that too, Bodie, real quick, because you and I were talking about this. We were saying, you know, like, hey, where are the great American one day races? Like, where are the American classics? What is a great American one day race? And, you know, we don't really have the history of these sort of like Omloops or Milan San Remo or these big sort of pro one day classics. Right. But what we do have in the United States um, are is the USA crits. I mean, that's that. Those are sort of our one day classic. We have, races, we have yeah, right? we have our crits. We, you know, we have our Athens. You know, it, it, that are part of these series. We, you know, Winston Salem. We've got Speed Week, Athens Twilight, Sunny King. Yeah. Um, well, America is all tough. about b- big, di- fast, dirty speed, right? I mean, yeah. That's, I mean, uh, you know, there was there was that team that produced that crit documentary that came out. I don't know if you guys watched that. Um, it was uh. It was a little bit over dramatic, but it was it was also pretty cool. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, crits, crits are uniquely American, and they're pretty fun to watch. And uh, I think they're a great entree into road racing for for a for a new fan. Um, they're a little bit easier to understand than a twenty one stage stage race, where the guy who wins overall doesn't necessarily have to win any stages at all. Um, and you know, American short, our attention spans are short and it's over an hour, hour and a half. Yeah. But I'm going to say like, compare this to NASCAR, right? Yeah. So you could have a 400 mile NASCAR race. Well, I guess that they're almost going 200 miles an hour. So it could be, (laughs) that could be over in two hours. Right. I guess. And why are we, why are we comparing this to NASCAR? I don't know. Because, because I think that like America will put, they'll put up with four hours of football but they won't put up with four hours of bike racing is that it, you know that's well I, th- I think that's that's because we are raised on football uh had we been raised right. on cycling then i think it'd be different um so hopefully you two are doing your part to raise your children on cycling instead of football yes my kids hate football <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah so but but real quickly though what would be a one day classic in American bike racing. I put out Batten Kill. I don't think that that, that race isn't around anymore. Is that is that a fondo now? A lot of great races become fondos in America. That's right? just is like that, the evolution, right? Isn't the one in like Pittsburgh or Philly that has that really steep climb? What what was so, the one? Yeah, so Philly, Philly yeah. used to be the USA Pro. It used to be called USA Pro, and it was a essentially a UCI race, and the top top ranked Americans. Yeah. Were, was named the national champion so you could be the national champion and get like fifth. but you would get like kaharu Rao would show up to that race yeah. you know so i think that's like that was but it's not is that has that fizzled out because i don't remember seeing it last year and yet Philly's it was happened. there the year has it gone away i mean we've got a lot of big one day sort of gravel races and and fondo type so, races, so you're saying that the american monuments are gravel races no, I'm saying that the American monuments are crit races. Okay, all right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, and I'm, so, I'm going to go with that. So, Athens, Sunny King, Winston-Salem, Spartanburg. Mm, not Spartanburg. Um, that's you know, I think Cry Baby Hill. I think, I think what we're, we're also missing out, though, is that what America did have until very recently was Rouge Roubaix, which was probably the one of the best races that they had 
and uh, and definitely could be an American classic. That's an American classic. We did see on the social medias uh, Will Jones, race director of Rouge Bay, talking about getting things together for next year so. as as possibly a fall classic. A fall a fall classic. Yeah, because there was a little the climate race. change changes. Yeah, mm, we're gonna yeah. have to adapt. That's um, right, because of the high water. Yep. So, all right. Well, guys, I think that's it for road. Mm. But guess what? Cross is not dead. What? <laughs> You're kidding me. Cross is dead. Cross is we, over. No, we, it's okay, gone. We, we, we got we to put a pin in <sighs> Cross. We got to bring back Bodie Bodie's favorite segment. Who's number one? So you've got one question for us to close out Cross season. Or two. Four. Four, Four questions. questions. Oh. You, gotta, you know how to you know, know this game. All right. Remember how to do it. Okay. Our hands on your buzzer. Who is the number one ranked men's cyclocross racer? Sercherio. Sercherio. MVDP. Yes. Who is the top-ranked American men? American man. Uh, Townsend. Townsend. <laughs> Gay checked. Nah. <laughs> oh, um, uh, I don't even know the, the names of them. Uh, Werner, Kerry Werner. No. Wow. Curtis White. Oh, okay. That's who I meant to say. Didn't really see that coming. All right. <laughs> Who so is I meant to say too. who is the number one? This is women's number one ranked UCI cyclocross. Townsend. Matt. Townsend. I'm gonna have to go with Sonicant. Yes. Ding 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 ding. That's obvious. So oh. the so the two world champions are the are have finished the season at number one. Yeah. Makes sense. All right. Second, as, it, as it should be. Second question. Top ranked woman. Townsend. What? Sorry. No, we just had top ranked woman. <laughs> top ranked woman American. Top ranked American woman. Townsend. Townsend. I'm going to say Caitlin Keogh. I'm using my buzzer. <laughs> your buzzer is your mouth. Right. You are correct, Townsend. Uh, so, right. Caitlin Keogh and Curtis White, top-ranked Americans, uh, Cannondale, Cyclocross World. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that was it. That That's it for Cross. That's all of them? You're not doing none to 23 or anything? Yeah. yeah all right. No, no, all right, fine. All right. Let's go. Okay. Um, let's wrap it up with some local stuff. Want to hit our mm. Lambert theme song? It's been a while since we've played that. <laughs> Yeah, probably the last episode. Um, all right, well, what's local? What's happening? Well, we alluded in the in the open to the uh, 40-yard pent gravel race, which was race one of the Boss Gravel Circuit Series. Mm-hmm. That race was this weekend out at the 40 Arpent Canal. Bodie, you and I raced the men's A race. We had a great time. Yeah. Uh, I did not make the selection. You did make the selection. I did. And you finished on the podium in the race. Congratulations. You put out a pretty strong effort. You must have put out a pretty strong effort. That was one of the, <laughs> that was one of the hottest one-mile segments fastest one mile segments on gravel that i've ever ridden in my life and i didn't make the selection yeah Um, it was pretty brutal uh after the turnaround at uh mile one or whatever it was we were going over 30 miles an hour for a pretty extended period of time it was it was insane yeah it was the uh it was it was fun yeah it was a a little metrax urban south sandwich uh yeah new team uh dan swan and elliot peterson and me and i you know really just because sometimes you gotta like face the facts and realize that you're riding with two guys who are stronger than you and younger 
and about yeah anywhere from you know seven to almost 10 years younger than me um or more actually uh, just look face it just generally faster faster yeah, yeah. younger faster more mm. handsomer um but as i'm getting older neither of those guys is more handsomer than you are Bodie. thank you sir i am getting a bit more wilier because i kind of have to and uh it was so you were like you were like the luca paulini at uh yes yeah totally <laughs> except i didn't win I got and you third. were and you weren't um, yeah and you, but I put up a good fight for second and I did come out of my pedal in the final sprint. I don't think that I would have been able to out sprint Dan on his tarmac and I was on with my his, uh, zip 404s crux. Um, also, I was pretty goddamn tired, and he attacked me about a thousand so times. So, was what what size tires was he running there? Twenty eight. Twenty eight. Okay. So Dan was on his uh, full on. Arrow, Brody, Broden, smashing machine, and I was on my crux. Um, uh, it was a lot of fun. It was it was really hard. Possibly set a new FTP, but my power meters don't match, so I'm not really gonna go on that data. I'll stick with the lower number. Um, Which but, power meter were you running? So the cross bike has the power tap hub. Oh, well, that's that's so that's probably the accurate one. See, that's yeah, more accurate. I well, I, it's nice because it's higher than my vector pedals, but I train on my my road bike so i just your go victory by. is only one leg right yeah so your right leg's a lot stronger that's what was that's what we're going to take away from that all right so yeah. yeah it was it was a great workout had a lot of fun and uh, i was freaking shredded after that our teammate trey manthe won the men's b race nice uh and uh, new teammate cliff goals uh, finished third in that race uh, second place was uh, adam lonick of sugar rush cycling and um uh, Sarah Sneath won the B race, her first uh, win. And ever. also overall, didn't she win the race overall, or did she not win? She, well, it was a weird the way they divided it. It was one field, but that... Yeah, she didn't. She raced one lap less, but she did come across before... Yeah, she was leading the she race. She was leading the yes. race and finished early, and Christina Larson did one more lap. Uh, Elise got second in the A's, second out of two. I mean, sort of small field. Um, yeah, we need more women out there doing these gravel races, so come on ladies yeah I, mean, I think you know just a quick note about that i think you know there is a way to make these a little bit bigger i think kind of just throwing the, a race together in like three weeks yeah doesn't give a lot of lead time for people to, to make to work their schedules around but i enjoy this little scene that we've kind of created with these little circuit unsanctioned circuit gravel races and i i'm having a blast doing yeah. it yeah well let's let people know just to give a little bit more yeah. advanced warning that race number two which is the boss gravel circuit race on the west bank mm-hmm. uh is fun in course. two weeks yeah really super circuit. fun course a little boxed uh gravel circuit course yeah uh, half gravel half shitty pavement yeah kind of like rougier bay and uh, it's got some rough is... it's got some smooth gravel it's got some rough gravel it's uh it's good fun it's a fun little circuit that's on sunday march 24th and it's uh over at english turn on the west bank so check out the facebook page mm-hmm. boss uh bike collective facebook page for info on that race and it's race number two so uh we'll be fighting it out for some overall series podiums uh and i just today uh the semi-tough cycling club offered up uh some very special overall winner prizes which i ordered today and should be getting soon so uh, no spoilers on what that's going to be but uh, you'll want to win these you ought to be looking out for that you ought to be looking out for it (laughs) 
Guys, I've just got a thought about the whole um, gravel thing. You know, we had the thing the other week where we, uh, our friend Rusty was talking about um, getting a gravel bike. And we were just, we were trying to say like where, whether you should get a cross bike or a gravel bike. Well, I'm going to throw it out there that um, between getting a road bike, a cross bike and a gravel bike, get a cross bike because it's right in the middle and it does all of them. Okay. That's what I'm going to say. I think that's a I think that's a reasonable answer. I was on my cross bike at the race. Uh, I agree. It was a perfect bike for mm-hmm. a gravel circuit race, uh, and it's an even more perfect bike for a cyclocross race. Yeah, and I rode my bike on Saturday, my cross bike on the road with 35 mil tires, and it was just as much fun as riding my road bike. Maybe even more so. I don't know. Road bikes are pretty fun too. I just want to get all bikes. Speaking of more bikes, there's also a mountain bike race coming up this week in Townsend. Yeah. Are you getting your mountain bike promoter shoes on, getting ready to do it? I, I am. Uh, I'm also getting my mountain bike racer shoes on. Um, mm. Just talked to our good buddy Mike Bro today, who's going to be loaning me a mountain bike nice. so that I can go. And I'm registered as of today. Okay. Did you? I, I've been looking at it. You're riding his hardtail? Yeah, registered. You were no, the 50-plus uh, Cat 3? Cat 3, 50-plus. Okay, good. That's All right. right. You did yep. the correct category. I'm not doing the beginner's race. Uh, okay. I was told that I am, even though I've never raced a mountain bike race, um, that that I should uh, not race the beginner's race. Fair well, enough. because there is a category for you already, 50-plus Cat 3. Like, how more individualized do you want the category to be? Yeah, I, I'm going to I'm gonna crush that category. <laughs> That fifty plus cat three race. I'd imagine you will. I am uh, got my sights. We'll set be disappointed on it. if you I have my Let's finger on the upgrade button. Just waiting. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah, that is uh, Sunday at uh, Mount Zion uh, Trails up in Brookhaven. It's uh, on USA Cycling. Uh, you can find it anywhere on the Semi Tough group. I have posted it to just about every group. Finally, starting to get some some online reg. I guess I'm hearing from some of these mountain mm-hmm. bike guys that uh, it's a, a a lot of lot of last minute registrations in these. Well, mountain that's bike just races. every bike racer. Yeah, right. But even more so, I think apparently with the with the mountain bikers. This is the run to the hills. No mambos run to the hills. No mambos run to the hills. Yes. And I just thought of another crossover moment there because mountain bikers tend to like their uh, reggae a lot. So you with the Iron Maiden, you're going to be like an iron, like a lion. In Zion. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Some oh, yeah. Bob Marley. Lots of, lots of lots of Zion references. Yeah. In in, uh, in reggae, aren't there? Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's a, that's a, gonna... that's a direct Bob Marley reference right there. Yeah. Matt, I thought you, you were gonna say Iron Shirt. If you want to put uh, <laughs> if you want to put a little Spotify playlist together for me and and, and share it with me with some Ooh. of your. Are you gonna you gonna like race with a little boom? It's box, gonna be like all boomba ticks or whatever those things yeah. are called. All metal and reggae. That's right. Perfect. Hopefully yeah. some metal reggae mashups. Yeah. Oh, we could have some. Uh, what was the band? The Zeppelin. Uh, bad brains. Dread Zeppelin. Oh, Dread Zeppelin. A lot of Dread Zeppelin. Talking about bad brains, sort of yeah. a metal and, slash and bad brains yeah. and yeah, lots of, yeah, some awesome stuff in there. You've got reviews on this agenda. Uh, I don't know I, that we have any online reviews, yeah, I ch- but, but I Sir Cheerio, you told me that you actually had someone uh, visit visit your home uh, and wrap wrap upon your front door uh, and 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 <laughs> wow, open the door. An I I R L review. Yeah, in sing real life, you a, I had some real a, like an audible real review. life reviews. Well, we're reading I, Harry Potter in my house, so did someone send you an owl? No, they didn't send me an owl. I had I have two real life reviews. The first one. Happened on Mardi Gras Day. Uh, 
my family. So this person was drunk, obviously. Actually, no, he he, he wasn't. He wasn't. I might have been, but I don't <laughs> think he was particularly drunk. But uh, we were. He was actually in the uh, apartment above Bicycle Michael's. So we were uh, on our way back. A, a friend of my wife's, who I think she actually went to senior prom with, uh, and we. An old flame. An old. Well, I don't think they were old flames, but they they were good friends. So uh, we met him. Unrequited old flame. Unrequited old flame, and we met him. And surprisingly, he told me, "Hey, I've been listening listening to your podcast." Wow. And it's like he's not a cyclist, does not ride bikes, but he said, "You know, I've been listening to your podcast, and I've started watching bike races." Nice. Yeah, that is awesome. I thought so. Uh, David Bruce, big shout out to you. That was awesome. And, and that was quickly followed by his his announcement to you that everything we've said about bike racing is wrong. <laughs> well, now no, he's, he didn't, now that he started no, he watching, like, it's like you guys he, are totally. He full said of it shit. was very what, the, what we'd said was very informative, and I said, please put a review on iTunes for us. <laughs> I haven't seen that yet, but nope. uh, but yeah, he was uh, very complimentary, which uh, which I really appreciated. And then, oddly enough, uh, on. Friday at work, I got in the elevator with somebody I work with and said, "Hey, I listened to your podcast." Wow! And uh, yeah, it was pretty good. Are you? Do you? Do you? <laughs> are you sharing our podcast to like on your work Slack or something like that? I told I told him that I do a podcast and what it was called, and he actually looked it up and listened to it. And I was like, "Which episode did you listen to?" And he said, "Well, there was a lot of Spanish going on." I was like, "Oh, with the Colombia." <laughs> Uh, dos punto uno race. And he's like, yeah. He's like, he's like, yeah. I it was entertaining and I enjoyed it. Wow. So well, that's great. Well, thank, that's it. Two thank great you. reviews. Thank you to Paul Perrette for that. Thank you. And and Bruce, I thought maybe you were gonna say that was uh our friend Nate Batts who was you know <laughs> he's not interested in bikes in any way whatsoever. We miss you, Nate Batts. Yeah. Well, I guess that is probably it. Uh, it was good to get back into the Barrister's Gallery to record another episode of the podcast. Hopefully, mm. we'll be back on a more regular schedule now that Mardi Gras and uh, the craziness of Mardi Gras is over, although things are heating up around here. Um, lots of bike racing happening. Road racing is in full swing. Uh, summer gravel races are coming up. Mountain bike racing. Tuesday USA loops. Grits. Tuesday Loops is starting tomorrow. I'm not going to be there, but you guys have fun. Uh, daylight Savings, guys, it's we're, it's kicking off. It's go time. Um, once again, any uh, questions, comments, and concerns, you can always uh, send us an email at yeahyouride at gmail.com. Please uh, go on iTunes, and, and we appreciate the in-real-life reviews, but uh, leave us a review. Leave us a rating. Uh, that helps get the show out there. Uh, tell your friends. Um, uh, Townsend, uh, start off the sign-offs, bud. All right, well, guys, it's been a pleasure getting back together with you. With you, this is the T Bone uh, saying that I am super stoked to do my first mountain bike race this weekend, and uh, hope to see you all up in Mount Zion. And this is a Cheerio saying, uh, "Just wait till after May because I will be the Bionic Man." Ooh, I can't wait. Uh, and this is the Bodie Bodie saying, "Good night, everybody." And thanks for the fish.